Good evening, guys. Thanks for coming to Bethel Radio Hour again. Um, we have three topics, as always, lined up. Um, our first topic um, is actually a song, and Tom on the panel here had sent this as a topic idea and said, have you heard this song? And um, it fit, he didn't know it, but clearly the Holy Spirit knew that it would fit perfectly with our other two topics. So we're going to start with the song. I hope some of you have heard it already. It's a great song. If not, you're really going to enjoy it. And we're just going to discuss how this applies to churches in America today. So Brad, we're ready. Watch our worship on the screen. We got a rock star preacher who won't wake us from our dreams. We want our blessings in our pocket. We keep our missions overseas. Before the hurting in our city, or would we even cross the street? But we want to see the Free and the tyrants kneel, the walls fall down and our land be healed. But church, if we want to see the change in the world out there, it's gotta start right here. It's gotta start The brother of the prodigal Who turned his nose and puffed his chest He didn't run off like his brother But his soul was just as dead What if the church on Sunday Was still the church on Monday too What if we came down from our towers And walked a mile in someone's shoes Cause we want to see the heart set free and the tyrants kneel. The walls fall down and our land be healed. But church, if we want to see the change in the world out there, it's got to start right here. It's got to start right now. That is such a powerful song. Um, Casting Crowns in general, if you've never been to one of their concerts, which they're coming to town very soon, um, their songs are very convicting. Um, I actually have a close friend. Their husband was saved at a Casting Crowns concert. Um, But that song, if it doesn't hit the nail on the head for a lot of churches in America today, I don't know um, what else would. Um, So, Tom, this was kind of your baby what are your what were your initial thoughts with this as a topic well a lot of thoughts on it one of the first ones was I think they ripped that song off honestly because I didn't know if you knew Michael Jackson was a Christian artist at one time but if you want to make the world a better place take a look in the mirror 
make that change. And we sing that in yeah. my second grade music concert. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, in essence, that's a joke. The of man course. in the mirror. The man in the mirror. You know, the take a look at the man <laughs> in the mirror. I'm sorry. But no, uh, the one of the lines that really struck me in that was, I feel like the brother of the prodigal. It's like I've never heard that before because you know I think a lot of times we compare ourselves to the prodigal and look I come back you know right, and, right, right. and but the brother of the prodigal was even worse because he just pushed his nose up at so his brother he didn't even see his own sin in front of him you know just sure. pointing um, just coat of many colors you know they're throwing him down in the pit you know they're, the brothers did to Jacob right yeah um, in Egypt but um, Joseph Joseph I'm sorry thank you um, but. Uh, yeah, it seems like that's the wave, you know, like with Hillsong or the new the church that the pastor just collapsed, and now all those things are coming out. Got a rock star for a preacher. We talked about that three, four weeks ago that I don't think that you can be like that and still be a man of God. You know, I know our pastor, you couldn't see it in Radio Land, but he's like, yeah, I'm not a rock star preacher. But I was thinking like maybe like Ozark Mountain Daredevils or something, you know, yeah. like a yeah, that, good I get, 60s. I was told by one person that I should be on Swamp People. Right. <laughs> take that when as I a compliment. When I see that, I think of you. That's what she told you know, me. Right. When, I didn't take it as a compliment. but When Tom sent this to me, I said, all I'm saying is if Ben starts wearing skinny jeans, we are in trouble. Yeah. Big trouble. <laughs> you know, when we had uh, several families, uh, it's, it's the reason that we have our list. We once Once folks started getting called to other places, folks that we just desperately loved and needed and such of that nature, we made that list and we started praying for our cancer sick and such of that nature. Uh, that's one of, one of the fellows on that list told me. He said, Brother Ben, I am so thankful that you don't wear skinny jeans and if you ever start, I'm done with you. <laughs> that's funny. Any man, you know, I shouldn't be able to count the change in your pocket from across the <laughs> Isn't room. that the truth? But, As we you know, digress. I think, and, and I'll wrap it up because I yeah. think we oh. might all have about the same thing. But, you know, the, we like songs like this because they're truth bombs. They are. And, but we got to look at ourselves again because we're, when I heard that the first time, I'm pointing at other churches. I'm pointing <laughs> at other people. And that's exactly what it's talking about, you know. And I've got some of my own opinions even about casting crowns. In the past, maybe they've changed. They're guilty of some of these things, you know. I think that's why they write about it. You know, and I think that's what it is. I've said before, like any pastor who's worth his salt is preaching about something that's happening in his life. You bet. So this was probably on their minds. They're like, wow, you know, because I know they've canceled venues when they could have shared the gospel, but they weren't going to get paid what they wanted. And I'm not talking $100. I'm talking $100,000. And they get paid if it rains or it doesn't rain. So what's worse? You know, would you rather share the gospel for a free concert or you want your money, you know, so I pray they're a great band, not cutting them down at all. But, yeah. Um, no, I think you did. Well, <laughs> hey, the, the plank in my eye, you know, as I'm pointing out there. But, yeah, I, go ahead. Go ahead, Gabe. Well, no, I, I agree. And it seems like the, the modern Christian in the United States has to have a show, it has to have lights, camera, smoke, mist. Um, and, again, I'm, 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 you can almost guess the church I'm thinking about. Um, but we won't. But we, we won't, won't say it. I'm shooting. I'm shooting myself here. Um, it's almost a performance, and performance is really not. Honestly, you're not going to reach this generation with that because they see right through that. It's they've been described as the uh, generation that sees with. I'm sorry, hears with their eyes and they think with their feelings. They don't listen to what you say or the fanfare or uh, the lights and the glitter. They watch what you do, yeah. and that's what 
that's what speaks to them. When you're doing no service to them, you're sending them to hell. And you're probably sending yourself to hell if you're the, you're, you know, I'm just saying, if you're the preacher of a church like that, you know, that is only convicted about the image. Because a, a message from God either convicts you of something or convinces you of something. You know, those, those are the only two that's things. Good. And I, I've always felt like, because the Lord did this with me in college, after every sermon, there was either something to stop or something to start type thing. You know, and, and I, I agree with that totally. Tara, what about you? Well, I was thinking, um, I mean, just right out of the beginning, we want our coffee in our lobby. We want our worship on. The, it's like I want I what I. Yeah, it's, I want. it's me centered. It's generation Instead me of I will. in the church. Um, and it's it's kind of like what happens in the world eventually. It 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 happens in the church. So the more self centered we are. As individuals, that's how we take that into church with us. And well, I like it this way, and I want worship like this, and I want my Sunday school group to look more like this. And if we're in, it's it becomes very self-centered, and we uh, just too many expectations that aren't biblical expectations. It's the the babes that crave spirit pure spiritual milk you know there's on the ground level that's why you know bethel's initial simply jesus right you know that it doesn't matter we're in a 200 year old building you know we're going to put some paint on the walls but you know yeah we could probably go build a 10 million dollar church and be in debt for the next 40 years but you know there's levels of conviction of we need to do this before we do this i and i believe our pastor if you don't know him he's convicted by god to make those decisions you know because it isn't about what's shiny on the surface and i'm guilty of wanting coffee in the lobby but i can i can let that die espresso i can let it die we have coffee in our small group so you you can get it there we talked about that a few weeks ago i even said to tara i said you know i was like man it kind of hurts because you know we did talk about we're doing our remodel and stuff but we've talked through it you know we've talked Mm -hmm. to our church we voted on it we listened to our people and it ain't for the image it's just correct Put some paint on the walls. That's not a bad thing, but it's, it's to be relevant. It's, yeah, it's right. to be. It's it's to help the folks that do check us out for the first time to know that we are aware that we live in 2021. Right. And you know, we've made it very clear that once they get here, and if the Holy Spirit calls mm-hmm. them to be a part of us, we're going to we're going to teach them past right. looking and judging us on that outward because nobody wants to be judged by their outward appearance. Right. With that said, I want to take this in a completely different direction. I want to get up on my rant box, and and I want Here to. We go. That's right, and and I want to be belligerent just for a minute. With that said, uh, before I do that, I agree with everything you guys have said, I, I, and I think that that's I think that's what the song was created for. The song was created to get the church to think about what what are you really here for, mm-hmm. you know, and if you're really here for that. It shouldn't be about the coffee in the lobby, which I, I don't have an issue or problem with. The only reason we don't have coffee in the lobby is because our lobby's about four feet by eight feet. <laughs> you know, if our lobby was a little bigger, we would have coffee, and we still may someday. There's not room for a barista back there. That's so exactly well right. And before you start, I, I've said this numerous times. I know of a church that split over a fight about putting a pizza oven in the kitchen. <laughs> they split. In the kitchen? In the, it, it was a $12,000 pizza oven, and half of the people said it's crazy. That the other half said we love it. Really and fantastic. The, you know, that's what that song, yeah. you know. That's, so I could have saved that church all that problem. BCL, there is a pizza oven every <laughs> other week. 
you can get a $12,000 pizza oven for about three grand. It is probably from churches that have oh, split. Oh, I guarantee you, yeah, churches that have split it or, anymore. you know, Papa yeah. John's. We could, we <laughs> we could make the Lord's Supper bread in there, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course. They should have gone for brick oven, really. I mean, brick, they were going to go for Amen. It. A cob oven. Yeah. Cob mm. oven. Okay, so let me rant for a second. These songs, these songs do have a place. In my most humble opinion, they don't have a place on 99.1 for this reason. You and I are not the only ones that listen to 99.1. And if, now granted, most folks that we're trying to reach with the gospel are probably not going to listen to 99.1. But the potential of someone just, you know how it goes. You're in the car, you're driving, hopefully paying attention. You're just hitting the seat button. You don't know where it's necessarily going to land. And... I believe these songs should be saved for the church because we're the ones getting something out, out of it. Because when I am in my car driving and one of these, and it's not just casting crowns, most groups do what I call, they beat up the bride of Christ. They're showing the world our dirty laundry. I don't think that's good. I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's needed. Um, you know, if you if you want to get just really, if you will, ancient BMA mossy back Baptist type thing, they're missing their what they're. It is the prophet of the word, if you will, and the pastor of the church. That's their job to quote unquote correct the church when she needs to be corrected. The singer's job is to uplift the church. The singer's job is to lead the church in worship. Well, I'm not worshiping when I'm thinking how bad I am. And, and, and you know, we, we reserve, we all let people tell us how bad we are, but we reserve that for a special few. I got chewed out yesterday by my doctor. He's the only person that can say those types of things and me listen to it, you know, type deal. I don't want to hear that from you, Tom. You know, hey, Brother Ben, haven't you had enough? <laughs> Shut up, Tom. It is the response. You know, we, we have certain people in our lives. your fourth Mountain Dew, sir. That, that's it's right. Your fourth. <laughs> Push away, Ben. Push away. That there's a certain person allocated to say certain things to us, and in my humble opinion, the prophet of God or the pastor of the church is the one that should correct the church. I, when I turn on that 99.1, I want to worship. I, I want to let go. I want to be set free. I don't want to think, oh, yeah, crud, man, we stink. You know, uh, and that's, uh, that's what I get from these types of songs. So, again, I, I'm not saying that the song should not have been written. I'm saying, in my humble opinion, it's never a blessing to me to hear a song like this, you know. And, and again, it's not just casting crowns. I, I, I wasn't aware, Tom, of what you brought up. And I will say this: that most groups that have quote unquote hit it big do struggle with that. Right. Uh, when I was in college, it was Amy Grant. She wouldn't sing with, unless it was sixty thousand uh, 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 dollars. Uh, what's that? Her, her contemporary was a guy, Michael something. Uh, Michael W. Smith, same deal. Uh, the Encounter, which is our Youth Alive here, wanted to have him come, just him and his guitar. One hour, that's it. What will that cost us? $60,000. Holy yeah. cow. So I, I, I agree with you that, that sh we struggle with that, you know, uh, because, um, you know, with that said, what I can say positive about Casting Crowns is it's my understanding that they have stayed fully engaged in their local church. Right. And, and, and they will leave Saturday night at 1 o'clock you know, a.m. to get back to their church on Sunday morning to, to 
because I believe that is the intention in God's word for a local singing group. I don't know that God ever intended for groups to become worldwide famous and, and millionaires and all that. And I'm not saying it's wrong for them to make money. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying who wouldn't want, what preacher wouldn't want Sandy Patty available to him on a Sunday in, Sunday out basis? Right. You know? And so when I heard that Casting Crowns made themselves available to their pastor Sunday in, Sunday out, I thought, well, okay. Here's a it group tips group. the scales. Yeah, yeah it, it get, they get it. So question, playing advocate here. Um, yeah. So if we're not very good at calling ourselves out, though, and I think as a church. So if you look at the culture of America right now, and you had scales of churches like this one and Old Baptist Church in the Woods that clings to the Bible, I think we're starting to pile up these mega churches and these rock star pastors, and we're becoming the minority, I would believe, of gospel-preaching churches. So who is going to call that out? So, you know, do we do it in private? Do we do it over a podcast? Because I haven't seen any small churches like ours start carrying the torch and, uh, carrying the torch and calling out denominations that we believe might be sending people to hell or churches that we think are preaching false gospel. I don't see anybody else doing it, so... That's my question. Yeah. So uh, my answer to that would be uh, listen a little closer. Sure. Yeah. A song has a better avenue to Because I know that the Bible says if they're not against you, right, 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 let right, them do their right. thing. So. I, and I think that, you know, for, for me, again, it's a matter of staying in our own yard, trusting God to take care of that, you know. Uh, I, I guess you could say, the to use my analogy so if you feel like that i'm not listening to my doctor who's now whose responsibility is it to call me out and say dude you know and and my response would be if my doctor's not going to do it that's on him but if someone else takes up the banner i'm probably not going to listen to him really type thing And, and so um i I made a decision years and years ago that I was not going to call out a denomination. But what I do instead is I call out the doctrines that are out of line. Right. And, and, and I preach the gospel and I preach the grace to those people. And, you know, I, I've, I've talked to people that have told me that they've walked out of certain churches because of the way the preacher treated the denomination they oh, were from. absolutely. And those same people came here and found a home. Now we asked them to submit to baptism you know, so on and so forth. Uh, and so, um, you know, I, I, may not, I may not call out a denomination's ne- name, but I will say from the pulpit that Jesus is the only way to heaven, Amen. you know. Uh, and if you're looking to a priest to be the intercede for you, you you're in trouble, you know. We are all in the priesthood of Christ and the such. So, and, and it doesn't take a, a, a you know, brain surgeon or a scientist to put two and two together and know who I'm right. talking about, you know, but I still haven't said, you know, those dirty, filthy, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, and, and if I were ever to do that, I'd probably pick on the charismatics more than I would anyone else. And, Easy. Because uh, we got history, you know, we, we, we got history. Uh, go ahead. Did you have something, Ter? Well, no, I was just thinking, I'm, I can see you're not a fan of the overall theme of the song, but I feel like the song is not wrong. No, 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 no. I feel like they're kind of the, the theme of the song is pretty accurate. Well, with, I, that we want to be entertained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. kind of want to do what feels good. It's kind of like a we go after our feelings. Like right. we we're not we're not thinking. We're not following 
um, what the Holy Spirit is calling us to do, we're, we're basing it on a, it makes me feel good. And, I, and I that agree kind with the of song. Mentality and I agree with the song. I disagree with, if you will, the 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 uh, the, the vehicle. The fact the, that it's the, on the, radio yeah, that we're yeah. trying to reach people and witness right. to people. I, it, well, and and for me, I take personal affront to anyone beating up the bride of Christ. You know, it'd be the same way if one of you started picking on my wife. You know, hang on. That's my wife. Especially publicly. Yeah. So I, I don't want to fuel the fire anymore, but I've had the, kind of the same sentiment on other Casting Crown songs. Um, so so uh, does anybody hear her? That's, that's another one right. that's kind of the same bent. Who is that reaching unsaved? Um, but, so I, I agree with the song. I agree with what it's saying, but again, I, I have the same sentiment. Is about it beating public. up the bride of Christ, or is it opening our eyes to our blindness? Well, publicly, it's beating up the. I feel like publicly to it's, the world, it could be perceived that way. Is it different that it's in song versus hearing it from a pastor or at well, a conference? And that's what or I'm trying to say. Bible study. I, I think there's a place for this. This would be I, a I tremendous altar call. Right. This to, would be a tremendous That's exactly right. Church. In fact, Craig uh, Licklider sent it to me to start on our serving revolution. We, we, we didn't make it happen. But I, and I would have been fine with that. I would have been fine to do that song to these people here in this church because that's what we're trying to do. We're, we're trying to be. And I'm not saying it's not true. <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. Well, sure it is. Lord I mean, because, yeah. you know, let's face it. Any given week we struggle with Amen. this, that, or the other yeah. and, and, and such. But, it, you know, you guys asked our opinion. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and hey, it could absolutely be all you. disclosure. It could be a generational difference. That's exactly. And know? I did think of that. You know, it, it, it could be. What are you trying to say, Tony? Okay, boomers. You guys you are much okay, younger boomer. than me, so it's like. They I don't think know I'm what getting we the like. picture. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so this is my response. Anytime someone comes to that, you know, it, well, it just could be the generation. Yeah, it could also be maturity. You know, you know <laughs> that's, that's, for sure. <laughs> yeah, we are much more mature <laughs> than the baby boomers. That's what Take it that. is. Despite your fledgling age, amen, amen. How yeah. unlikely, but but possible. Hey, your generation's run of the country. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, well, and that is that is why we. I almost Don't contemplated because I told I told Tara because she had this at the third topic. I said we we need to do this first topic because you want to be here for for this because yeah. I knew what I had in my amen. notes and and I I softened what I put in my notes. You need to know that. Um, but uh, I know I just autocorrect. <laughs> autocorrect wouldn't let him put those I know, words I, in his. I was reading his notes and thought, "Wow, I can't believe that you know." Yeah, a lot of redacted. Pastor can say that. So yeah, and, and, and I'll say this. That's a joke. It's not that bad. My wife and kids have known this issue with me for 15 years, because, like I said, it's not just casting crowns. It's bunches and bunches of singers. They just give the bride of Christ a black eye on a public forum, and they don't have any compunction about. And I struggle with that. I, I do. And, and it's just like, you know, I've had people tell me what their friends or neighbors or relatives, you know, have said about the church when they've come to visit. And it hurts. It, it hurts. And it hurt them too, you know, type thing. But the, the point is, is that we care deeply, you know, about this fellowship. We care deeply about the Lord's church. And I think that's important. And I know Casting Crowns does too. And, and that's why they're singing it. They're singing it because they want to see her do better. Then save that for when you're in that church setting, in my humble opinion. And, and I don't, I, you know, what I'm talking about is probably unfeasible, you know, to keep it out of the, you know, but, but at the same time. The other side of it, the, then the world sees us self-evaluating. Sure, mean, and, sure. And yeah. so, so there's nothing, 
it's hard to say, look at those hypocrites when we're like, hey, look how bad we we're screw up every right. day. Yeah, I feel like this you know? is a they wrote it out in crayon kind of song um, for people. Yeah, I did. Like, wow, that's really convicting. They really kind it of spelled that out. But right. anyway. the, the, the one other but part. I see where you're coming from with yeah. that. Yeah. I just yeah. don't have the same, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. bend, I guess. The, that, right. yeah. yeah, the other part, and we're probably going long on this, but was when we talked about sending our money overseas and our missions overseas. Right. When we won't even cross the street for somebody. Yeah, no, there's some legit things. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> this would be a great Sunday school topic, you know, for a couple, three weeks to, to work through these things because I'm not saying the church doesn't have these issues. I'm saying that we are basically giving potentially our enemies ammo. No other army would do that. <laughs> The Russians would not say, hey, we noticed that your but, cartridges yeah. aren't working very well. I was just so thinking we sold these. uranium to Russia, didn't yeah. we? <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> besides America, besides America, no besides other army would do that. But, and, but no, other, no other army has already know the outcome of the war. So I'll give them everything. True. Bring it. Yeah. You yeah. know, here, well. here's me. This, these are my faults. These are how we're dealing with it. Right. Well, but you don't do that with your home. No, true. And, and and this is our home. This, this is our right, family. Right. I want to protect this family. And and if you want to be a part of it, I'm going to protect you too. Oh, absolutely. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, not disagree. It, we're both right. We're right. Honestly, we're, we're both real. right. There, there's just different angles that we're coming from. We have very real conversations. That, that's exactly yeah. right. Be, be healthier for it. All right. So moving on uh, as we are oh, running out of time quickly. Conflict so, resolution. Is not, I yeah. have uh, I've wanted <laughs> to talk about week. this topic for a while. It's been in my list of to do's for um, radio hour. But then Ben started preaching in first Peter and um, flat out the topic of sanctification was part of the sermon. And um, no better time than while you're in your sermon series to discuss it. So. Um, first, let's define sanctification. It's just simply not a word you hear spoken in regular conversation. So, if Ben, if you could define mm -hmm. what is sanctification. And first of all, I'm so mad at myself because I had the best definition of sanctification on my door. I cut it out, literally cut it out of the book and taped it on my door of the old office. And when I moved, I lost it. Someone either tore it off and threw it away or I tore it off and didn't get it where it needed to go. Because that definition brought into, you know, talking, Brother Tom, what you were referring to, basically, the sloppiness of life. You know, and, and true sanctification trudges through the sloppiness of life with being conformed to the image of Christ as the ultimate prize. And, and you know, if we're not careful we let the sloppiness of life take our eyes off of being conformed to the image of Christ. It discourages us. It, it attracts us to something else, whatever the case may be. But yet that, that definition of sanctification brought the realities of our daily struggles and our daily realities. But yet, as long as we keep our eyes on the cross of Christ, good things are going to happen. And, and I just loved it. So the, the sterile, if you will, probably John MacArthur type definition is... Uh, this is actually from... Uh, That's the only definition I have. No, okay, amen. <laughs> this is actually from, uh, who's that guy? Webster. The act of making holy in an evangelical sense. That's what I mean by the sterile. The act of God's grace by which the affections of men are purified or alienated from sin in the world and exalted to a supreme love to God. 
uh, he uses a verse here, Second uh, Thessalonians 2, 1 and 1 Peter 1. God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. And then the second definition is the act of consecrating or of setting apart for a sacred purpose, consecration. Now, what does consecration mean? The act or ceremony of separating from a common to a sacred use or devoting or of devoting and dedicating a person or thing to the service and worship of God. So in other words, you know, so here's a guy that before he gets saved, it's pretty common for him to go to places that quote unquote all the world goes to on Friday and Saturday nights and doing things that all the world does. He gets saved and the Holy Spirit starts, you know, working on him. The church starts discipling him, loving him through that. Before you know it, he's got different activities on Friday and Saturday night uh, and he's not doing many of the things that he used to do. That's sanctification. Comments? So I looked at it, um, well, listened to John MacArthur, who has a lot of sermons on yes. this. As usual, yes. like, I don't have a lot of original thoughts. I have to get this from people <laughs> that are much smarter than me because I didn't go to seminary. But um, he talks of it as a process. It's your lifelong yes. process Absolutely. of becoming holy, becoming more like Christ. Um, and like you say, multiple Sunday mornings in the year. We, we aren't going to arrive at perfection on this side of heaven, but it's the process of, of trying to. Um, so you get saved, and that's one, that's the, the step. That's, right. But the step rest one. of your life until you're called home is the process of trying to be more holy. Um, so so hopefully you, you don't look the same as you right. did prior to your salvation. Right. T two Sundays ago when we started this, I used the expression that when you get saved, you get all the Holy Spirit you're ever going to get at that point. The rest of your life is you giving the rest of yourself to the Holy Spirit. That's sanctification. It, it process is probably the best word to describe it. In, in process, yes. Uh, um, I just when we said sanctification, it reminded me of an Old Testament, uh, the story of when Moses told the people to prepare yourselves to meet God at, at the mm. at the mountain, not to touch the mountain, not to touch anything unclean, not to be with a woman. There was a three-day process where he started start eliminating the things that won't be acceptable to God before you meet him. It's similar to today's salvation process. We spend the rest of our life ridding ourselves of the things that won't be acceptable to God, and we prepare ourselves to meet with him um, ultimately face-to-face. -face. But here in this life, there are portions of time where we do that. We should be doing that. Uh, I know Brother Ben doesn't like to be bothered at all on Saturday night. Likes to have kind of a um, low-key prepare himself for for Sunday, getting, getting ready early. For, uh, for the Sunday services. And if there's a um, an event in your life and you know that you're going to be relying on God, you should go through that process too. Lord, I'm counting on you for this event to go well. Start cleaning your um, thoughts up, cleaning your actions up, um, repenting of things that have maybe gone long unrepented and in preparation for God to do something um, and to meet with you or to act on your behalf. Um, and you, unfortunately, the, the story doesn't end very well in Exodus 19 is where the, the, the story is. They, they say, okay, Moses, we don't, we don't ever want to do that again. <laughs> so they're so terrified by God's <laughs> voice. scared them to death. You take care you, you of You do that from yeah, now on, yeah. 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 Amen. You're the priest, and God accepted that as, as this norm for Israel. Well, I didn't realize that word. You know, I've, I know what it was, but we just went through that. I, I sent you a very long message that night when we found out May, my daughter has a four-inch tumor on her femur bone. 
we don't know if it's cancerous or not. Well, that night, like me and Lindsay just get sanctified. Yeah, we had to. Like yeah. we were going through the list of where we know we've been failing, where we need to do better. Because I couldn't come to God and ask Him to help me with this, knowing I had unrepentant sin yeah. and and things like that. So I think I used a different word at that time. But um, when when I was looking up, one of the questions that you guys asked in the the text there was how come we don't see it very much or hear about it very much in our church and so when I looked up the definition um, just through Google uh, two of them kind of stuck out to me and their their words were the actions of making or declaring something holy and uh, it's kind of the same verbiage you used the second one was the action or process of being freed from sin or purified and the third one was the action of causing something to be or seem morally right or acceptable and just personally, I think I'm getting over that because awkward is awesome. But I think people stray away from trying to do any of those because it makes you look holier than thou. You know, if we say that's not right, well, we don't want people to get back in our face and say, who are you to say? And I think for years we've been afraid to say the Bible says that's why. And I do think along with like these mega churches and stuff we were just talking about, Christians are getting more bold because we can see the you know, path our, our nation is going. But but I, that's why I, I think we don't hear of it a lot because I think some of it seems self-serving if we're trying to place holiness on things. And God's already done that. He's declared what's holy, what's not. We just have to adhere to it. So I think of just going to church in general as um, this is the point. Like sanctification is the point. It's the point. To right? arrive at a next step and to try to you know do better and like you say we're not going to be sinless but we want to sin Sin less less. and I think the reason this isn't like a heavy hitter in a lot of churches and again this is coming from John MacArthur is just saying that churches in America today they're trying to win people with all their great entertainment if you will and um, you start talking on this and hitting really hard and then you got people just fleeing out the side door like well I don't want to yeah you know, I liked it when the music was fun and all my friends were here, but don't don't talk to me about changing my life too much. I don't I don't want to give anything up. Like that's right. too fun. I don't want to I can't separate the, with that. And the coffee in the lobby was great, but Yeah. Yeah, that is some good. <laughs> they've got the cappuccino to die for at that church. So, but I don't I don't want to give up X and I don't want to start doing that. It you know, right. so I think that's why perhaps it's not um, a big heavy hitter in church services in America It's not today. attractive. Right. Oh, it's not, not attractive. Pretty. It's not easy. That's right. So look at it, Pastor. If numbers are down, that just means you're doing your job. That, the there, people there you are go. afraid to come. <laughs> As, how would, so That's it's half. not church growth. It's church purification. That's it. <laughs> See, the glass I, is half full. I had a guy tell me, and I, I rejected it from this particular guy, but he told me one time that smallness is the price of purity. And even though you can find comfort in that, if the church is getting smaller, I think that's a dangerous thing to fall into. That's right. Because look, look what happened in the first church. You know, I mean, it grew, it grew like crazy. And so life transformation is the key. Life transformation. Every one of you getting closer to Christ is the best calling card that this church could ever have. And God will continually grow her uh, through changing lives and the such. The, the sentence I put down in, in response to your question, Tara, why don't we hear much about sanctification in churches today? Um, I believe that too many churches are trying to just sell enough righteousness to get by, so sanctification is detrimental to what they are promoting. And it goes along with what you said and what right. you guys have said. Um, and, and I, you know, 
I will be the first to admit, I think I said this two Sundays ago, I don't say the word enough. I do believe if you sit down with the tapes and such and, and the DVDs, I preach sanctification, but I don't put that word to it enough, you know, to, to help the younger folks to realize, okay, this is because this if you read the doing. book, that's right. If you read the book, the word sanctification is all over it. I, I mean, I, we won't read them, <laughs> probably should, but I, I've got probably 15 verses here with sanctification in it. And so it was a Pauline doctrine. It was a Peter doctrine. It was a, a James doctrine. It, it was throughout the uh, New Testament uh, to be sanctified. Uh, and, and so I, I think that you've nailed it on the head that, that when the preacher says, you know, no, we're not going to be sinless on this side, but we are to sin less. That's sanctification. It's a process. Um, so I put this to which class is going to attract how to get rich quick or how to say no to yourself for the glory of God. Yeah, amen. <laughs> well, you know, they're going to come to how to get rich quick, you know, and we don't offer anything like that. Praise God. We want our blessings in our pockets. That, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Boy, this song just keeps hitting. <laughs> no, yeah. darn it. It's going to be my favorite song for the end of this <laughs> Yeah, You watch. It is a good song. Um, so what are the comments we got on that? You got to go. So uh, 70 times sanctify or sanctification so far I found him. 70 times. Wow. So the process of essentially, you could, I mean, this is dumbing it down, but the process of getting closer to God, the process of looking more like God uh, and as such. Larry sent in, if I can find it, it's not on, for whatever reason, it's not on that phone. Um, learn, uh, see, the action of making or declaring something holy, the sanctification of bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ, uh, the action or process of being freed from sin or purified. The process of sanctification takes deliberate action on our part. The action of causing something to be or seem morally right or acceptable. Uh, now, obviously, we would disagree with that part, the sanctification of bread and wine into the blood and body of Christ. We do not believe that because that's called sacraments uh, in the Eucharist. We, we don't believe that. We believe that it's grape juice and it's, yeah. you know, bread. It represents the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Well, and that, uh, those three definitions I read when I first read them off the Google, mm -hmm. they felt very denominational. Sure. You know, they kind of read out like, wow. You know, so, and I think that's another thing. I, like you just called it, people are probably confused what the word truly means. Right. Yep, yep. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. That's right. All right. All right. So our third and final topic I'll have to set up and then I won't get to discuss it. But um, it's it's um, I heard a statistic and it made me kind of think along these lines and it even came up in our small group. But the statistic is on the amount of selfies that Americans take in a day. And it's like in the multi millions. Like, I mean, it's crazy. And if you have teenagers at home, you're thinking that number is definitely higher than that. But it's a high number of selfies that are taken in America today. And like 10 years ago, who would even talk about a selfie? Like, what's a selfie? Selfie's I mean, a new word. Yeah, a selfie is, it's, it's a thing. You can say selfie, and, you know, my mom, my, you know, my 80-year-old patient knows what a selfie is. It, it's, a, it's a selfie. All right, so Monkeys now. Monkeys are taking selfies. Selfies <laughs> are so common. Uh, there's actually, they're becoming a cause of death in America. Like, oh you my goodness. have a oh, better yeah. chance of death by selfie than getting eaten by a shark. So, I mean, just <laughs> because people are taking these ultimate selfies Grand of, Canyon, you know, yeah, like you've got to get the best selfie picture. And I'm listening to this on the radio, right? And I was thinking, like, people are so dumb. Oh, my gosh. Like, 
death by selfie, like how dumb do you have to be? And then I recalled, Brad, do you have a picture? This oh. picture of that's a bear and that's me. You can <laughs> clearly see there's only a few inches between its paws and claws, so you should cute. say. Yeah, that's that's me. Uh, we had a bear come up on our deck and I wouldn't go in until I got the perfect selfie. So, you know, uh, it kind of gets you thinking, we are self self-centered. You know, I'm going to go very dark just for a second, though. <laughs> uh, why not? I, you know, get me off the hook. Well, no, you, you said it. You know, we, we are so dumb. I just picture when things come up like this, I picture Christ on the cross. Sure. He knew we were going to do things like this. Be this like dumb. This. Like, Tara, it's a bear. There were it's signs posted everywhere. It's important before you do the yeah. dumbest thing. You know, watch yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Now, so that wasn't in St. Clair, was it? That was, that was in uh, the Smoky Mountains. Oh, where There, there were literally signs everywhere. Don't feed the bears. And Do don't not approach the bears. the bears. Do not get near. I mean, literally everywhere there were hey, signs. Hey, you. <laughs> this yeah. is you. Yeah, don't. Don't pause for a selfie. Get in the house and shut the door. Well, anyway, uh, but the overall topic was about we are really self-centered in America. We, we don't have to try to be about ourselves. We don't have to work at being self-centered. It's like easier than ever probably of any society in America or in the world in history to be so selfish. But our goal is right now at this church especially is to be others serving and not self-serving. So um, this final topic is uh, basically what are some roadblocks to being uh, less self-serving and more others-serving in our society today? So um, I wrote down three, and we can add to that or take away from it. But I w what I want to do is as a segue uh, from sanctification to what are roadblocks to serving. Um, I had a uh, personal incident happen yesterday that... Uh, if I had not had these things going through my head as far as serving and, and being more, well, sanctified and, and such, I, I might have done the wrong thing. With that said, uh, Tony's car that I'm driving right now uh, has like a seven-foot door. I mean, this door goes forever, you know. And so uh, it scares me to death, and I just wanted you guys to see you may have heard about two, two weeks ago, uh, hopefully this guy was seen here on this property. And he's been seen around the area. And like two days after I was told, uh, they took this picture at Dittmer. He's dead on the side of the road. Hallelujah, praise the land. But, uh, and it's a mountain line, not a, a human. It's a mountain radio. line. <laughs> it's a mountain line for BRH radio uh, listeners. And uh, they eat a deer a week. And so it's pretty important that those not grow in this area, in my humble opinion, in my humble opinion. So with that said, uh, the, um, so she was showing pictures of bears. I thought, I'll show this. <clears throat> so the door gets caught by the wind and puts a pretty significant ding in the wheel well of a car of someone that I don't know. I'm at Walmart parking lot. And, I mean, it just, it just, whoop, boom. And I'm like, ah, pull the door to, I get out of the car, and I assess the damage. And I mean, it's got blue paint all over this silver car because my car is blue. So I start rubbing the paint off. Sure enough, the paint comes right off. Wasn't your car, It was Randy. Julie's car. So. It wasn't Julie's car because I talked to the owner this morning. So I, I, I'm, I'm just standing there. I would love to have a video of this because you could see the processes working through the brain. You know, first of all, is anybody looking 
Okay, nobody's looking. I'm looking at that dent. That's the biggest dent I've ever put in the car from a, from a door, you know. Uh, and so I, I thought, well, I, if, th if this were my car, I would want someone to let me know. So I pull it, and, and I, I'm telling you, you know, God sets these things up. I haven't been carrying uh, cards for a while, but I have a box full of them in my office. And about two weeks ago, the Lord just said, you, you need to put some of those in your wallet. Okay, of course, I'm thinking for people that want to come to church and for people that I meet and all that. No, or if no, I got to try to get out of somebody yeah, that's right. suing me. <laughs> that's right. So I get, found a pen in the car. I wrote, when caught my door, door, danger side, I want you to look at it. If you want it repaired, call me. Because it had all my info in there. And so this morning, uh, Candy Davis calls and says, uh, I'm, I'm the lady that you put the you know, note on the door. And so we, we had a wonderful conversation. She's, she's new to the area. She lives in Washington. She said, I literally drive to work. I drive to the grocery store. I drive to the gas station. That's it. <laughs> so I said, well, so. Now to the auto body. Right, right. Now to the auto body. I said, would you be willing to drive to Tim Davis? Well, where's he at? It's St. Clair. Oh, oh. Could be related. Oh. And I'm like, I drive to Washington every day. <laughs> every day. But anyway, so sweet lady. And uh, so she's going to go to Jerry's auto body Friday and get it checked out. I'm telling you right now, if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, I would not have done that, you know. Uh, I, and I know God's going to take care of it. I know he's going to provide. It's, it's no big deal. But that's sanctification for me yeah. at, at it's work. It's a costly way to recruit people to church. It so. is a costly yeah. way to recruit people. But if it, ha if it works, who knows? I may just go around dinging everybody's door. So uh, selfish, <laughs> but we'll have to put that in the budget for next year. Yeah. Uh, for Benevolence. me, <laughs> the deacon, <laughs> simply put, it can only be one of three issues. This is my opinion. Selfishness, ignorance, or idols. Amen. So certainly, selfishness, we, we can understand that. Ignorance, you just may not be aware yet whether your level of discipleship, uh, your exposure to preaching, this, that, if you will, good preaching, uh, that you realize that I need to get outside of my own world. I need to serve the Lord. And then idols, and, and for me, this is probably closer to where I'm at, too busy. You know, to, well, what am I too busy doing? Things I want to do, you know, and so I've got to be willing to say no to some of those things so that I can do what God wants, any of those things that God wants me to say no to. So that, that's my contribution. I've got so more un of it. Unfortunately, I'm afraid it's been, been uh, neglected or left out of our culture Correct. To, to help other people. I mean, Correct. it used to be the, the neighbor was building a barn, you'd go help right. build the barn or yeah. whatever he's doing. Now it's a liability. Yeah, I, I don't have, sorry, I don't have liability insurance to go. That's if right. I get harmed, Stay over there, buddy. I've got it. Comp or, um, that, yeah, that kind of thing. Randy yeah. was shaking when I almost <laughs> fell off his roof like five times. He's like, please don't fall off. Please <laughs> don't, don't fall off. Don't, yeah. call, don't call the ambulance. Call my lawyer. Yeah, for Tom or I to fall off a roof, that's like ten stories. <laughs> yeah. to, you, to Tom yeah. and I. For so, Tom and Gavin But the shingles, nails, and boards with nails sticking up would have cushioned my fall. So that would have been all right. <laughs> my brother always said, grab an extension cord. It'll hang on something. On the <laughs> so that's an interesting thought. Dr. Hooks, that, that it's just not a part of our culture anymore. Right. You know, I, you've heard, because we've talked about it, if we're not careful, we get content with driving into our garage, pulling the garage door down, going through the side door of the house. We don't ever enter in the front door or the back door because we've got that side door to the garage. And I'm not saying anything against garages. You know, may your tribe increase. May you all have a wonderful four-car garage. With that said, we can't allow that to teach us that this, it, it's okay to 
sequester maybe is the right word? And some people look at it as a sign of, of success. If I don't have to interact with anybody, I've, I've made it. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and the generation that's growing up, they call them Generation Z, or mm -hmm. what is it now? People, mm -hmm. Z. Um, Too many acronyms. They, yeah, they're, they're not an, engaged interpersonally. I mean, if they inter on any kind of electronic device, it's an interaction. But to stop and help somebody on the side of the road with a flat tire, that's way out of their wheelhouse for, right. for a personal interaction with someone that they don't know. And I, I could be wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. You're almost looked at, at as kind of a, a doof if, you if you're dumb enough well, to and stop and help someone. I was just fixing to say that, that it's, it's gotten so pervasive that very few people will let you help them. Right. You know, and, of yeah. course, I get some of that, too, with uh, yeah. Craigslist killers and, you know, yeah, things absolutely. of that nature. Yeah. yeah. There's that, too. So that, that part of our culture may have been part of what weeded out or has greatly reduced the amount of strangers that we help. Um, but we've got to find some way to overcome that. Amen. Uh, m mine was, you know, it, the selfishness was the big one. And not always was I punished or had a negative reaction to something. But if I was selfish about something, usually when it's like accepting praise, I'm in management and working management, you know. And But a bell goes off, and I know now it's the Holy Spirit. Anytime that I know something could be positive for me on the surface, I have my boss all the time coming up, hey, thanks for getting that project done. I could easily say, you're welcome, and just wink at him and sure. walk away. But I know that that instant gratification I would get isn't the same as when I say, oh, no, I'll tell Johnny. He was, right. he was the one that did that. And I hope my boss recognizes right. that. But that goes to Matthew 6, 4. So that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And that has always been my balance is if, if I'm not selfish about something, God always just blesses me tenfold. Amen. And the giving... Uh, on that part, it, it doesn't have to be financials. Like, it can be help, an ear to listen, changing time. a tire, time, you know, and, and that's it. So on, I guess that kind of falls into the sanctification stuff. That oh, absolutely. Talking, but. And, and, you know, don't you love that statement? You can't outgive God. You just can't do it. And I, I don't know, I mean, here recently it seems like I, I find myself constantly in situations where I, I need some help. I need somebody to show some grace and compassion. Like the other day when uh, Friday, Benjamin and I were at Montauk, we, we locked the keys in the car. You know, I blame him, but it was my fault. <laughs> he, he had the keys last. And, of course, we're trying to get, you know, to go fishing for the bell. And he says, I'll just keep the keys. And that I, I knew it then. I knew it then something bad is going to happen <laughs> because – it, it's essentially my car. I need to have the keys, and I'm going to get my four trap before you do, so I'm going to be here before you are. you know. And sure enough, I got to the car first, and so I, I did whatever I could do. When he came, he handed me the keys. I opened the trunk and set the keys in the trunk. Why do we do that? Why do we do that? So we're taking off all our stuff, putting it in the truck, cover up the keys, shut the door. Start patting you. You know how you do. Oh, what? You, you got the keys, right? No, no, Dad, I gave them to you. No, no, you didn't. Yes, I did, Dad. Oh. And so the keys are in the trunk. Long story longer, I went to uh, the lodge, got some my exercise in, and um, they had a coat hanger. No problem. I mean, 
15 seconds, honestly. Got into the car. No, no big deal. You're saying this on the radio. I, I know. <laughs> I, I'm telling you the truth. Hey, I have locked my keys yeah. in my cars. I'm very proficient at breaking into my car. And so with that said, uh, if that lady would not have given me, you know, it, it would. I, I, I might still be there. A coat hanger was a blessing. It was a blessing. And so that motivates me to be more giving when I see someone. Uh, how many of you went to Aldi's and you've left the quarter in the thing for the next person? Well, don't do that if John Dover's around, and I hope he listens to this, because I heard that he walks over and gets the quarters out. I saw, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I saw, and I'm kidding. Hey, well, true story. I know we're kidding on him, but I saw this sweet old lady at, at the one in our town. She walks up there and was taking the quarters yeah. out and putting them in yeah. her pocket. It's yeah. like, oh. Uh, so anyway, uh, she survived the uh, Great Depression. Yeah. We'll, we'll, she, we'll give her some slack. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I, the other day, I was there, and I'm just waiting. I've, I've got my cart, and I've got the quarter still in. I'm just waiting to see who, you know. And so here comes this mom with a kid in one arm and a kid on the other arm. And I said, would you like a, whatever it's called, a cart? And she said, oh, my goodness, thank you. You know, it's a quarter. It's a quarter. But it's a blessing to people. Free money. Free money. So I wrote down money. practical ways to be more serving of others on a daily basis. I included this. If you check that third box on the Serving Revolution card, you'll be getting a letter with this stuff in it. And so uh, simply pray for wisdom. Pray for God to let you in on his kingdom work. That's huge. Have a serving session where you just sit down and ask God to reveal to you ways for you to serve your community. And that's just you, pen, and a journal book, maybe your wife, husband, whatever the case may be. Just have a, a serving session where you just talk about it. Uh, pick up trash. Volunteer to take people to appointments. Call the shut-ins and ask what you can do for them. And if you need a list of those folks, we can provide it for you. Ask the pastor what needs to be done around the church. Ask Tom what can be done to help at Easter Walk. Uh, needs seen as an assignment given. Uh, make meals for shut-ins. Ask neighbors if they need any help. Volunteer uh, to tutor. And the make meals for shut-ins, uh, I'll give a rose to the living. Debbie Henson is doing some of that, and that's where I got the idea, and that's a good thing to do. Ask yourself, what would bless me if someone offered to do blank for me? Then look for someone to do that for. Volunteer to help a team leader. Uh, flowers and landscaping around the church is something that Brad's doing it with the youth because, quote-unquote, no one else will do it. Well, if you've got some time and you've got a green thumb or you just like to kill stuff, you can come and do it. It'll last for a season maybe. Uh, my wife, well, I better not say that. So anyway, uh, they're, they're, those are just some ideas about, but, but literally the roadblocks to being others serving is selfishness, ignorance, and idols. And if we will ask God to sanctify us past that, he will absolutely do it. It could be fear, too. You're just oh, afraid well, to break Yes, ties. I think fear, that's fear, good. Yeah, I better add that to the uh, list. Risk is it's too much of risk involved. I, I, I can't. And the uh, ever They may oppressive, expect me to do this every week. <laughs> yes, I don't want that to happen. The uh, ever-oppressive awkward is out there, too. You may feel yeah. awkward when you're yeah. doing this one. Yeah. Oh, and it is. I mean, I mean it's, it's extremely awkward. Uh, the, the first 15 seconds of the phone call with Candy, awkward. You know, we don't know each other. I, I hit her car. <laughs> she, you know? This might be Candy's lawyer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah, my insurance agent's like, why are you calling me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He was great. So, uh, anything else, guys? Uh, we good? That's it. Love you guys. Thank you for being here. It wouldn't be what it is without you. Uh, and, and encourage others to listen. Thanks, everybody. 
there's the song. 